Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of the earth, earthlings. How are we doing today? In today's show, we are going to discuss a review of all the games in week three and the big takeaways from each game, as well as some waiver wire options for the upcoming week. And it's going to be a lot of fun. Start at the top, Carolina and Houston. This game was back on Thursday night. And uh, my big takeaway is that Carolina might be legit. And <clears throat> the only fantasy options that you should want on that team are Christian McCaffrey and DJ Moore. Uh, Robbie Anderson seems to be completely phased out of the offense for now. I wouldn't drop him yet, but uh, definitely some concerns. And uh, the Texans on the other side of the ball just looked abysmal. And I think that they will continue to as long as Tyrod Taylor is no longer there. Panthers might be legit. They haven't really played anyone. They played the Jets, Saints, and Texans, but they are 3-0. And that defense especially is roaring. Washington took on Buffalo, Washington. Uh, my big takeaway for them is that they just look terrible. They look like a bottom five, bottom ten team in the league. I don't know what the heck happened from last year. That top defense, the top team that we saw win the NFC East with seven wins. Uh, they just look abysmal. And Buffalo is absolutely back. Josh Allen balled. Uh, Stephon Diggs gotten off to a little bit of a slow start, but I expect them all to bounce back as Josh Allen continues to find his groove. Chicago played Cleveland. Cleveland ended up winning the game. Uh, man, oh man, Justin Fields, I guess he was not ready. You know, you can blame play calling, Matt Nagy, whatever, but straight up Justin Fields did not look like an NFL-ready quarterback. And for Cleveland, just start everyone on that offense that you have that is a known commodity, Chubb, Hunt, Mayfield, Beckham. They're going to continue to just absolutely ball out. Baltimore and Detroit. Baltimore won in the last second of a field goal. Justin Tucker, unbelievable play. And I think that my big takeaway for Baltimore is that don't worry about Marquise Brown. He dropped two clear touchdowns. He is still a really good flex play at the least, and I think that he's going to continue to ascend. Um, just a little bit of an off game here. And that running game is a little bit confusing. I, I don't really know who's going to lead if anyone is. Uh, I think that it's going to be more of a running back by committee, unfortunately, for those that drafted J.K. Dobbins out there like myself. I feel your pain, believe me. And Detroit, DeAndre Swift is a stud, and T.J. Hawkinson are both studs. Um, just start those guys, man. They are going to continue to ball out. I know Detroit is not the best team, but they're going to continue to play their game. Arizona defeated Jacksonville. The Jaguars look like a college team again. They, they looked a little more respectable this time. Um, Kyler Murray absolutely balled out. I think that every single receiver on the Cardinals that starts, the four receivers, are going to be usable in fantasy. I think that DeAndre Hopkins is not a top five locked and loaded option like we thought coming into the year. And for Jacksonville, uh, James Robinson looked decent, but I think the only player on the Jaguars that I really want to start is Marvin Jones, and that is a flex play at best. <sighs> The Chargers played the Chiefs. The Chargers won. My big takeaway for the Chargers is that, my God, Justin Herbert is such a stud. As a Dolphins fan, a Tua stan, it, it, it pains me to say, but that kid is so good at football, man. They hit a home run um, on that one. And Mike Williams is really coming into his own, really coming into his own. I would not sell him for anything less than a top 10 receiver in return. If anything, I would just enjoy the ride because he looks like a different player this year. And for the Chiefs, the Chiefs are 1-2. and two. Um, I think that they bounce back, though. It's the Chiefs. They'll figure it out. It's September. Let's not overreact. But uh, definitely interesting. I don't. I don't think that the Chiefs are like quite as dominant as um, they had been in years past. I think that there's, you know, it's it's early. It's early. But there are definitely teams that have closed the gap on them. They are not uh, the Golden State Warriors with Kevin Durant like they once were a few years back. New Orleans played the Patriots for New Orleans. My big takeaway is that this offense kind of stinks. Even though I know they won, but they're going to win on defense. Jameis is not. 
a really good player. The only stud that they have on that offense is Alvin Kamara. The receivers are a little lackluster as well. And for the Patriots, it just looks like as beautiful as it is as a Dolphins fan suffering for so many years with the Patriots whooping up on us. The Patriots just don't look like a good team. They just don't look like a good team. They look like a very below average team. And uh, Mac Jones, you know, a lot of rave reviews. He hasn't really played well since week one, but no rookie quarterback really has. Um, this year is starting to look a little, little sad for the rookie QBs, but again, it is still early. Falcons play the Giants. Oh, man, my heart just breaks for the Giants. My big takeaway for the Giants is I don't know what my big takeaway for the Giants is. I hope they win a game. Um, Saquon looked good, though. Saquon definitely looked like he was uh, back to his old self. Maybe not all the way back, but certainly better than the first two games. But maybe it was just because his O-line was blocking the Falcons for the Falcons. Um, I think my big takeaway for that is that Kyle Pitts is just not going to do it this year, man. He's just not going to do it. He's not going to be a top-five fantasy tight end. And that was the risk that you took when you took him where you took him. And, um, yeah, you know, he was going around, he was going before guys like Cooper cup and Tyler Lockett. And I told you, do not do that. <laughs> that is stupid. And, uh, yeah, looks like that was one of the calls that I got. Correct. I'll take it. Was not buying into Kyle Pitts. And, but the problem with Kyle Pitts is that you're still probably starting him because of the tight end wasteland of a position. But I guess there's a trade-off there. Bengals-Steelers, big takeaway for the Bengals. Start the Bengals, man. Joe Mix and Joe Burrow, the three receivers, even though I don't believe T. Higgins played. Start the Bengals. Uh, they are looking really solid, really conservative game plan. Um, Joe Mixon, I believe, is top three in the league in touches. Has not gotten into the end zone. I think that you know not getting into the end zone the last two weeks has kind of hurt his fantasy value. But when it comes to involvement in the the game plan Joe Mixon is right there and so um, if you can if there's a frustrated Mixon owner in your league I would definitely consider buying and for the Steelers Big Ben just looks done Big Ben looks done I have Najee Harris in a couple leagues and he had 19 targets but that was not because Najee Harris is some crazy ridiculous receiver out of the backfield we know that Big Ben just does not look good if you want to go back and watch that game he, he just is so slow he can't evade any pressure I think that you know, there are reports about the Steelers considering trading or not trading Big Ben, but benching Big Ben or seeking out other quarterback options. And I think that they absolutely should because it is looking pretty ugly for that Steelers offense as a whole. But if you have Najee Harris, you'll take it. Colts, Titans, Titans takeaway. All right, Derrick Henry is a stud. <laughs> I was, you know, pounding the table all offseason saying that he was going to regress. I, I, if he's getting that kind of volume, he just isn't going to regress right now. Um, A.J. Brown got hurt. I believe Julio got hurt in this one too, but uh, A.J. Brown, it's looking like he's going to miss a couple weeks. Julio Jones, we still need an update on. But yeah, Derrick Henry, for sure, top five running back. And uh, I was wrong, it seems, on that call for the Colts. Carson Wentz um, does not look amazing, to say the least. Very immobile um, with those two taped ankles. I, I think that the Colts are kind of struggling for an identity. They're 0-3. They take down the Dolphins this week. That should be an interesting game. But if they fall to 0-4, the Titans might as well just be crowned the AFC South champions right now. Dolphins, Raiders. My takeaway for the Dolphins is that there really isn't any star player for fantasy on that team. Um, and, yeah, in the Raiders, Derek Carr is absolutely balling. The Raiders look good. They're 3-0. Derek Carr is number four in fantasy points per game among quarterbacks, and I think that continues. He's absolutely balling. The Raiders look good. Jets, Broncos, 
Uh, my takeaway for the Jets is that they are not an NFL team. And for the Broncos, the Broncos are 3-0. The Broncos look good. Um, Cortland Sutton had a little bit of a disappointing day. I think that my big takeaway for the Broncos running backs would be that you can start both of them pretty confidently as flex plays at least. Uh, the Broncos offense look pretty good. Bridgewater is very conservative, and their defense is good. They're 3-0. Good for them. Uh, the Bucks and the Rams, the biggest game of the day. Rams came out, beat them by 10. Uh, Rams are my Super Bowl pick, if you guys remember from podcasts earlier on this offseason. Uh, Cooper Cup is a top three wide receiver rest of the season. That's my takeaway for the Rams. He is unreal, and Matt Stafford and him clearly have some kind of connection because he just looks like a different player this year. And for the Bucks, uh, start your Bucks, Start your Bucks, but don't touch any of the running backs on that roster, except for maybe Giovanni Bernard. He looked pretty solid. Vikings, Seahawks, Vikings won by 13. Kirk Cousins looked legitimately good, and I would say just start your Vikings. Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, uh, K.J. Osborne is even a nice flex, and then Alexander Madison stepped in really nicely uh, for Dalvin Cook. For the Seahawks, Russell Wilson is still going to cook. Tyler Lockett had a scary-looking play, scary-looking injury, but he was able to come back into the game. Um, It's looking like D.K. Metcalf and Tyler Lockett are going to continue to give you some fantasy points and uh yeah uh, no crazy takeaways from this game other than the fact that Kirk Cousins looked really really good and the Niners Packers my takeaway for the Packers is don't ever doubt Aaron Rodgers ever just don't do it don't do it he's too good <laughs> unreal and for the Niners uh, I don't know if there's a running back we can trust in that backfield I think that if you have any of them Eli Mitchell if he's healthy is maybe a flex but we kind of just have to take a wait-and-see approach. It doesn't look like it's going to be the running back gold mine that it's been in years past. For the Cowboys and the Eagles, the Cowboys, Dak Prescott, really good. Really, really good. <laughs> Nothing else to say there. Uh, it looks like both running backs are going to be playable in fantasy this season. Zeke had a monster game, and I think that the Cowboys did that on purpose, but that's neither here nor there. And then for the Eagles, Miles Sanders had two carries. Two whole carries. Um, I'm not panicking, but that is definitely a little bit alarming for sure. And now we're going to talk about five waiver wire options uh, for this upcoming week and give a couple honorable mentions because why not? Let's do it. All right, five waiver priorities. Derek Carr mentioned him earlier. If you need a quarterback, he's number four on the year and absolutely balling. The Raiders are too, and I think that he probably won't be an elite quarterback rest of the way, but top ten for sure. Um so, yeah, I would say 10 to 15% of your fab if you need a quarterback, at least. Uh, Chubber Hubbard, that is the big name on the waiver wire this week. Zeke, or uh, Christian McCaffrey's backup, not Zeke Elliott. Christian McCaffrey's backup, rather. Um, looked pretty good. Royce Freeman did not look as good as Hubbard against the Texans, but I would say 20 to 25%, uh, maybe 30 to 35 if you absolutely need a running back right now. He's going to be a nice uh, two- or three-week fill-in for McCaffrey. I think that'll be at least a low-end RB2. And if you need a running back, then uh, Chubba Hubbard seems to be the guy. But he is definitely going to be the number one pickup, I think, across almost all leagues. Uh, then some receivers, some wide receiver threes, the infinite amount of wide receiver three flex players that we have in the NFL today. Christian Kirk, Emmanuel Sanders, Hunter Renfro. I don't think that any of them go crazy. But they're all attached to good offenses with good quarterbacks and uh, can't complain. I would say 10 to 15% for all those guys. And some honorable mentions. Sammy Watkins and Peyton Barber. Peyton Barber has 39 carries over the last two weeks. Hasn't looked amazing. It's Peyton Barber, but uh, sometimes volume is king. Uh, in running back world, especially as the bye weeks and injuries start to hit midseason. And then Sammy Watkins 
uh, I believe has over 30% of his team's target share. Hasn't really done amazing with it. Uh, we know who Sammy Watkins is, but again, if you need a flex bi-week fill-in, then that is that, and that is going to wrap it up on the show today. I thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, continue to plug in, and I'll continue to plug out this content. I will talk to you guys tomorrow, and we can talk some more waivers and some more fantasy. Thanks, guys. Take care. Take care.